Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, so if you're around, you're here, you're listening, please just let me know that you're here and you're ready, you're ready to receive. If you're ready to receive, say, I am ready to receive. Say it with all that you've got and tell someone that you know needs to be here. Send them a reminder. Tell them to rush here that we're sharing money. That's what we're doing tonight. Glory to God. Just glory to God. <laughs> we're actually sharing things better than money. All right. It's, it's, it's one thing for you to give someone fish. It's another thing to help them be fishermen. All right. Or fisherwomen as the case may be. So we're doing that this evening. I want to welcome you especially. This is, you're in for a very amazing time this evening. Um, but I also want to be sure that you are following the series. We started with the teach, this teaching series of wisdom, practical wisdom. You know, started off with Furnaces. And I really hope that you are able to catch up with all that we've done so far. If not, you need to go back to the teachings. They're all available for you. All right. And I think uh, after this one, we have one more to go. Uh, in this series. Look, I am super pumped and excited. We're going to close on a very, very high note. But for tonight, we're going to be continuing this series. And the title of my teaching is Pennywise. Pennywise. And, and since we released the, the information before, a lot of people are like, ah, Pennywise, that sounds familiar. Is that the clown from the movie? It? No, of course not. Why would we? What's our business with that? Um, this is just uh, a way for you to know how to be wise with your spendings. All right. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So that's what's going to happen. Praise the name of Jesus. Um, so let's start. You know, we're going to read a scripture very quickly. All right. Um, but I, I remember there was, there was a man, there was a story of a man who um, was really looking for a job, right? He was looking for a job. Uh, he's good with finance and accounting. He's good with numbers. And he was really looking for a job. He wanted a place where he could uh, you know, exercise his skills. And he looked for a job day and night for several months. And finally, this man got a, a, you know, an opening in the bank. You know, you know, when the news came, everybody was excited. Bro, you made it finally. This is what we've been praying about. Congratulations. God bless you. You know, and that same day, he gave a call back that he had been fired. And, you know, everybody was concerned. Like, what's going on, bro? Like, how are you fired on the very first day of your work? You know, and, you know, he, you know was, we asked him, how come? How did that happen? And he said that he had pushed uh, an elderly man on the floor very aggressively. Like, bro, like, why would you do that? That's your client. And, you know, we asked, why did you push an elderly man on the floor so aggressively? And he said that, uh, this is what he said. He said the old man asked him to help check his balance. Did you get it? Did you get it? To check his balance. So he pushed him to... Okay. <laughs> God, that's a very bad joke. 
Uh, and I hope you got it anyways. Those of you who are smart, you definitely did. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 12, verse 15. <laughs> Glory to God. Luke chapter 12 from verse 15. All right. Uh, open your Bibles with me. Open your Bibles. By the end of this teaching, what I hope to achieve is to transform your approach to money, your approach to your finances, your approach to management of your resources. Uh, I hope to achieve that with this teaching. Praise the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. If you can read with me, read it as loud as you can. One, two, go. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Take heed and beware of covetous, covetousness. And that, that means greed. A very high level of greed. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Come on, say that with me again. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Can you say that to yourself? For my life does not consist in the abundance of the things that I possess. Did you say that to yourself? And say it loud, amen. Glory to God. I, I feel this is a very, very good place to start. Um, in a world of, of a rat race where everyone is trying to be something and make something of themselves, there's so much pressure. Um, this is a word for us telling us, look, beware that you're not covetous, you're not being greedy because the worth of your life, the value of your life is not found only in the things that you possess. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to tell you today that God is interested in our finances. And the whole reason we're doing this series is because it's important to God. And we need to find out why is it that our, our finances are important to God? Why does God care so much about our finances? And it's because God, at the end of the day, is going to hold us accountable. He's going to hold us accountable for how we spent our money. And you're probably thinking, like, I get it. Like, we're going to give an account for everything in our lives. But why money? Like, why does God care about money? Because I believe ultimately that the source of all that we have comes from God. And I will explain further what that means, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, that's something that God cares about. When you look at the case of Ananias and Sapphira, it was an issue. Yes, there was lying involved, but there was an issue of their heart, which was their attachment to what they owned. Everybody else was willing to sell everything and bring it to the church. But these guys are not willing to let go of all that they had, the resources that they had, and so they entered into trouble. If you, if you talk about the, the rich man on the council who came to Jesus and said, Lord, I have obeyed all these commandments, I have done this and I've done that, how can I get eternal life? And Jesus replied to this guy, he said, oh, there's just one thing that you need to do, sell all your properties. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor, then you can follow me. And the Bible says this guy left very, very sad. His countenance had dropped like, what? what on earth? Do you know what you're asking me? Do you know how, how, do you know my net worth, bro? You want me to sell everything that I have to follow you? Have you seen your squad? Nah, man, I'm good. I'm fine. I think you have issues. And the guy walked away. He left because of his attachment, his attachment to the things that he owned. And a very, very popular parable, and I can, I can read it to you. When you continue from that particular place, 
in Luke chapter 12 uh, that we just read from verse 15. Now verse 16, Jesus gives an example and a parable. He spake a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful, right? So this was a farmer. Um, his, his farm brought a lot of, you know, um, a lot of harvest, you know. And I believe this is God's doing. I believe when people are blessed, whether they are saved or unsaved, it's, a, it's an extension of the benevolence of God to these people. Verse 17, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. I don't have space again. All my barns and storehouses are full. Verse 18, And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Realize it's not saying I'm going to, okay, let me try and keep some here, keep some here. Then the remaining I have, you know, we have an entire community. Let me just give none of that. No charity, no philanthropy. He wanted to pull down what he had to build even bigger and amass more and amass more and amass more and hoard all the money. That was his plan. The, the, the scripture said all his fruits, all his goods, without anything to spare. Verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This was a man that was about me, myself, and I. Does that sound like you in any way? I hope not. But this was this guy. He was rich, but at the end of the day, he was like, this is for you, man. You built this. You deserve this. It's yours. You worked hard for this. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you deserve to do whatever you, you, you have to with what you have. And that's the mistake he made. As much as God blessed this guy, he saw the resources he received, the plentiful and the wealth, and said, you know what? It's just going to be for me, myself, and I. No one else. Verse 20, but God said to him, bro, come here. You are a fool. <laughs> Thou fool is what the Lord said to him. This night your soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? If you lose your life right now, all the things you've built for yourself, who's going to, who's going to own them? You think your life is eternal so much so that you will enjoy this material, finite things for the rest of your life. He said, if you die right now, who's going to inherit these things? Verse 21. Pay attention. Look at what verse 21 says. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. When I read the scripture, it blew my mind. You mean to tell me that you can be wealthy and have all this income and have this big salary and have all these big assets and property and be wealthy and recognize the society and be high class, but to God you are a fool. You are a poor fool. You are not rich towards God. It's possible. That's what the scripture is saying. And this is a big risk because a lot of people are chasing paper. And they're not chasing purpose. They're chasing money. And they're not chasing their maker. Look, this is what is happening in our generation. But this reveals that God actually cares about how you use your resources, how you use your finances. It matters to him. 
it matters to him. Think about it. Someone like this, his life ended up a mess because of how he spent his finances. And Ananias and Sapphira, same situation. It means it's super important. We need to take it seriously. God's idea for you is that at the end of the day, he wants you to lose the attachment that you have to your material things. He wants you to focus on the immaterial. He wants you to focus on the things which are above us. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 says, it says, since then, when you have, you have been raised with Christ, I beg your pardon, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above. He tells you, now that you are risen with Christ, your priorities have changed. Your priority and your focus has immediately shifted to the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your mind. It's an instruction. It's not just something that, you know, it will just, you know, happen without you consciously making a decision to do it. It says to set your mind, to put your focus on the things above and not on earthly things. Verse 3. For you died. And your life is hidden in Christ. In God. When Christ who is your life appears. Then you also will appear with him in glory. He's telling you look there's a bigger focus. There's a bigger picture. And it's much, much more than all these things that we see. God is not in any way belittling, underrating the resources you have and you being able to cater for yourself and others. But there is a problem when your attachment leaves from, from, from Godward to earthward, to the things that are here. It's a big problem. And God is calling us out on this. Praise the name of Jesus. But I want you to, to know this free of charge. That while we understand that, you know, in society, there's this idea of your net worth. If I ask some of you, what's your net worth? Do you know what your net worth is? The net worth simply means all that you have in assets, in cash, property, all of that, right? I, I, I know <laughs> my net worth has grown from, from zero to 100 naira to 10,000 there, and my network has been all over the place, and I thank God that it's been growing by the grace of God. But at the end of the day, one thing I've recognized about the network of us as believers, in the kingdom, it's a different idea. It's not so much about how much you've been able to amass and store. It's more, it's more about the amount of wealth you've been able to spread, the amount of, of resources you've been able to give, because it says the one who lays up treasure on the earth is not rich towards God. So it means the treasure you need to lay is beyond this earth. Things of eternal value. That's, that's the true net worth of a believer. Forget there are people who you might see that might not have up to 500,000 naira or 200,000 naira in their account. But to God, they are billionaires. Because of what they've done, being mighty stewards of the resources they've had, they're rich towards God. Praising. And many of us will find out on that last day, when we appear in glory with Christ, you would see, you will realize, oh, you've been chasing the wrong things. I hope that will not be you anyways. But some people will come and realize, man, if I had known that this is not where my worth was and my value was, 
It was more about the things that I had done for the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. It's not about the value of the assets that you have, but the, the, the value of the assets you've invested in the kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. But I want to strike a balance here. And I want you to I want to give three points to just strike a very um, holistic balance for riches and wealth and money. Number one, being wealthy is not a sin. Being wealthy is not a sin, but it can be. All right. Many times the truth is that money and your finances are an indication of God's blessings many times. You know, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into this man's house, you know, the Bible says that he, you know, that's at the time of Uzzah who tried to save the Ark. The man's house and his abode was blessed and flourished because of the presence of God there. Um, You know, it's very important to know that at the end of the day, God, the blessings that we have are from God. Whether you have a job, you have a business, those are channels through which God blesses us. All right. So God is not against wealth. And so wealth in itself is not sinful because money answers to a lot of things. Money answers, caters to our basic needs. If you want to own a house, you want to get an education, you want to get married, ha, you need money. Money is important. Tell your friend and your neighbor, money is important. And, and by all means, God wants you to have money. God wants you to have resources. Glory to God. But you see, the balance here is that wealth, while in itself, just like money in itself is not a problem, it can become a problem. And that's when, as, as, as simply put as I can say, is when you are being con- consumed by it. When you're being consumed and you're covetous and you're dr- being driven by a grid, it can be a problem. It's one thing for you to have money. It's another thing for money to have you. All right. And that's something that, we need, that the Bible warns against very excessively. You have to read and abominate greed in your life. First, Corinthian, First Timothy, I beg your pardon, chapter 6. I'm going to read this. I think we read this last week as well. But I want to read this very carefully so that you understand. 1 Timothy chapter 6 from verse 6. I'm going to speed up because of lost time from verse 6 to 10. It says, now godliness with contentment is a great gain. That word contentment comes in. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these shall we be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows this is very true if you look at the source of most of the vices and the crimes that we see in our day just check. It's either it's money. Money is always top on the list. Love or lust, sex, power. These are the reasons why people try, you know, meet out crimes, right? If you are if you're familiar with a lot of movies that have to do with money laundering and drugs, all these cartels, it's always about that. It's about money. You understand? And a lot of people who want to be rich fall into these things. How do people enter into drug trafficking? How do people get into sex trafficking? How do people get into... Um, you know, money laundering. How? Because of this very thing. 
because of a love and a desire for money above God. Money is the one thing that can easily become a God in your life without you even knowing. Jesus in his own words says you can't serve God and serve money. One has to come over the other in your life. And I pray that with your life, it will be, sh- it will be evident, it will be proof that you're not a paper chaser. You are a purpose chaser. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, while your worth isn't in your assets, there is some credibility with having assets. Number two, while your worth is not in the things that you own, it's not in your assets, there is credibility with having things. All right, and this is just this is just true, right? Anyone that you see that has something, there's an impression you have of them that for you to have gotten to what where you are with the resources you have, it means that you have used the resources that you've had very very efficiently. It means that you are financially financially mature to a large extent. It means you've managed your resources well, right? That is just a picture of of this. People tend to trust you better when you have resources, when you have assets. If you want to marry, oh my goodness, this one is important for you. Young adults in the house, this is for you. And I'm sure many of you in three, two, three, what am I saying? Some of you in some months, you are getting married, hopefully. Um, Next year, two years, three years time, four years time, you'll be thinking about marriage. This is one thing that um, just says a lot about your your person, your character. You can't tell me that for, you know, all these years that you've gone, you don't have anything to your name, anything that you can fall back on, any savings, any resources, any investments. There'll be questions. We'll ask questions. And even when you just think about your relationship with people, there are people that you will willingly be able to give things. If they asked you for help or to support them um, or to go into a business venture with them, there's just some credibility when these people have acquired assets the right way and have managed it over time. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. It, it's important. You, you have no excuse. The truth is we really don't have much of an excuse, to be honest. Many of you have great education. Many of you went to good schools, private schools, right? Some of you have got done your master's. You've traveled abroad. You've had this exposure. There is no excuse as to why with all these privileges you've experienced, you haven't been able to get meaningful assets and manage those assets. Do you understand? Even if your education wasn't so big and bogus, there was no day that you didn't have food on your table. You ate. You were privileged compared to many, many other people. You've been in a, God will hold you accountable that you were placed in a situation of privilege and you didn't take advantage of it. You didn't use it wisely. Do you understand? It's, it's important. All right, while you're while your worth is not in these things, you need to understand that it's important for you to have these assets. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Number three, women also need financial stability. And I know I, I don't even need to say this, but I felt the urge to, to just point this out. Right? While men are more prevalently known to be breadwinners and providers and protectors in their houses, I believe that women also need to be financially stable and relevant as well, you know, especially those who are going to be in relationships and in marriage situations, right? If, if you're not even going to be in a marriage, you don't have plans of marrying ever in your life, this applies even way more to you because you need to be able to sustain yourself, right? But the traditional idea is a lot of times, a lot of people are expected that, you know, as long as your husband is fine, you're fine. He'll take care of you. 
but I think it's far more attractive when a woman is industrious, she's able to create with her hands, she's able to do the work at the right time and bring some assets. She's not a liability in her home. She's able to bring assets into the family and both parties, both partners can grow their wealth. At the end of the day, it's a partnership. And even if you're going to be a housewife, I do believe that even as a housewife, there's a way that you can bring wealth and income to the family or in, in many ways be a solid partner to your own husband or to your, you know, the person who's leading the relationship to, 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 to bring more you know, increase and, and, and productivity in that relationship. Praise the name of Jesus. There's nothing more attractive than an industrial, industrious woman who can stand on her two feet. All right, and I can bring something to the table. I know that that phrase is a bit controversial. What do you bring to the table? But it's true. I think that it's important that women understand that financial stability is not just a thing for men, right? And I think many people are coming to the understanding gradually, and I'm happy about that. But it needs to be said either way. Let me show you what Proverbs chapter 31 says. Proverbs chapter 31 from verse 10 I'll read very quickly to verse 18. It's a long read, but I want you to follow me. It says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. And this is so true. A virtuous woman is always going to be priceless. Verse 11, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. This just says, The husband trusts her completely. A, virtu a virtuous woman. Verse 12, She will do him good, and not evil all the days of our life. Beautiful. I love this. Verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Many of you say, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, but this is the description of a Proverbs 31 woman. That she looks for wool and looks for flax. These are things you, you use for fashion. And you work willingly. She works willingly with her hands. No one forces her or compels her. She sees a need to be industrious as she works with her hands. Verse 14. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Hmm. Verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maiden. So she caters like she makes sure that before she goes to bed, everyone is fine. Everyone is okay. She caters to the household. I, I find it very, a very powerful role that a lot of women have not stepped in. To be in charge of your household's well-being, it's a big task. And to also consider the maidens, those who are serving in the house, and not ignore them because they're not a part of your family. But to be inclusive, that's beautiful. That's a virtuous woman. Verse 16, she considereth a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. She sees a field and she, not a house, not honey, come and buy this field for me. It looks so dope. I want to plant here. None of that. She sees the field she wants. She has the money to buy the, she has money to buy land. <laughs> You've not seen it that way. She had money to buy land. And with the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. So she bought the land to plant a vineyard to make increase on the vineyard. To have income from that. That's a virtuous woman. Verse 17. She girded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She's not weak. She's a strong, bold woman. Verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. 
Her candle goeth not out by night. This is a hard-working woman. She realized merchandise means something you are selling. She has a business. She's seen it and she says, I did it well. I did this business excellently. I've done this for me. I've done this for my family and those that I can bless with my resources. That is the idea of a virtuous woman. So that's a balance. As much as men are expected to be financially stable, much more women also ought to be praise the name of jesus hallelujah i want to i want to teach you now i'm just going to go as quickly as i can to show you and, and everything we're saying look it means nothing if you don't actually apply these things i want you to apply your heart in wisdom i want you to go about and be proactive be an active doer of the word i want to teach you how to be wise with your finances how to be penny wise all right but i want to give a quick distinction this is what i believe that there is a difference with being rich and being wealthy um, and just by the uh, colloquial def definitions that we have, being rich many times has to do with a, a season, a period of time where you have the financial resources that are needed in excess. When you have more than you need, right? Um, so that's, that's being rich. But wealthy has a more long-term connotation. It's the same similar thing with happiness and joy. Happiness seems more short-term joy is much more long-term and that's what i believe about wealth uh being wealthy all right and i want to teach you how to be wise with your finances so much so that you're not just rich you become wealthy in your life and i believe it's important to god all right god and these are things that you might not always hear in a sunday service but i i, I owe it to you to share this wisdom with you praise the name of jesus and some of these things you know but i want to re-emphasize number one are you ready i have about nine points number one have a steady income have a steady income have a steady income the truth is while there's really no security outside of god true security outside of god you should you need to have a sense of security with your finances to know that at least every month or every week money is coming in into your accounts it's so important. You need to have a steady stream of income. And it can come in three major ways that I know of, right? But it's important because it reduces your anxiety. It helps you give it helps give you better control over what you you know. You know that ah, by so 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 and so time of the day, and some of you are entering that week now. Some of you that have a job, this is salary week that is coming. You're already anticipating, okay, with this, I will be able to do this and do that. It gives you better control. You're not anxious. You're not trying to look for where the next money is going to come from. So it's always important, no matter how little it is, to have some sort of steady income coming in to your account. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. And number one, one way to get it is by getting a job. All right. And I'm just going to give you some tips on how to go about this and i know that some people in their time look this is an adulting phase for a lot of people and it's it's a lot you're probably in a job right now you probably hate that job you're probably coming from one that you hated but you hate this one even more and you're looking for the next one hopefully you don't hate it as much look i want to give you some tips i want to give you some things that will help you as you do that and then we talk about the next one all right so in getting a job first of all you need to you need to acquire the skills needed for that job i know this sounds very obvious but the job that you like to have you need to acquire the skills for it you need to know all that there is to know about this thing at the end of the day while you are highly favored and loved by god a good employer if i'm an, if I'm an employer and i'm a believer i will not employ you a believer 
who is not qualified over an unbeliever who is super qualified for the role. I won't do that. No way. And, and don't expect anyone to do that for you. Do you understand? You need to have all the knowledge and all the skills that you have for the role, the kind of job that you want. Build a very powerful CV. Build a CV that says something. If you don't have enough things to put on your CV, go have those things. Get those certifications. Um, you know, do those projects. Build a portfolio. Add them. Even if those things are not going to be paid, you're not going to be earning money. Go and intern somewhere. Build a portfolio that anyone who sees is, ah, no, this person, ah, no, you have a good, you have a very good uh, CV to your name, a good, good uh, credibility to you. All right. Apply to as many as you want to apply to. Apply to as many, but only the ones that you, you, you really want that if you see yourself in this place, this company has a good work, work culture, good compensation, and you know your life is not going to be miserable. You're not going to lose yourself in that job. All right. Um, talk to people about your job search. This one is super important. If you're looking for a job, talk to people, talk to as many people. A lot of us try to just sort it out. I can't have anyone thinking that I'm job hunting. They should be thinking right now that I'm a big boy. I have money. Don't, don't live your life like that. Talk to someone. And, and I can tell you that two major opportunities that I've had to do. And, and by the way, being a pastor, and working at the same time is something that's very important to me. I believe that in a world that we're in, there needs to be a lot of credibility. That if a man, I know that a, 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 you know, a, a teacher of the word is worthy of his wages, but at the end of the day, I think it owes to credibility. So I've always believed in working with my hands. I've always believed, aside from church work, I've always believed in working with my hands to give some credibility that, ah, these people, they're not just stealing tithes and offerings. You understand? That's just my own personal take on the matter anyways. But at the end of the day, two of the major opportunities that I've gotten job-wise came from talking, casual conversations. The first one, I was just talking to someone uh, very close to me about, you know, I'm looking for a place after school. This was after graduation. I'm looking for a place. The person says, oh, why not, you know, apply? There's, there's openings in my own company. I was like, oh, okay, can you send me the link? Boom, boom, boom. I applied, you know, did my research. And I'm going to talk about that, you know, how you have to prepare adequately for interviews. That's another point. Prepare adequately for the interview. Research about the company. Research about the role. Um, be armed with all the knowledge that you need. All right. I applied, did the interviews, got it. When I was leaving that place, I was job searching again. And I just randomly, you know, and this one, I believe God's hand was directly in it. The Lord just brought this person to my mind and I went to visit the person. I just had a casual conversation. Hey, how are you? And I didn't even have to bring it up. The person asked, so what's going on in your life, man? Are you, are you working anywhere? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not really. I'm actually looking for a place to work. They said, oh, uh, my company, there's an opening. I remember someone. Let me just make a quick call. That was it. The person called. This, this, they said I should come around, do the assessment. Boom, boom, boom. Bass, boss. Enter. That's how it happened. At the end of the day, when you talk, it, it, it helps your chances. Someone knows someone who knows someone about this opening that has another opening with this country or that country or this company. It's just all intertwined. Open your mouth and talk. Don't try to do it all by yourself. Please take note of that. And then by the time you're about to enter this job, or maybe you've passed all the stages and interviews, negotiate. Know your worth and negotiate accordingly. Negotiate your compensation, your benefits. Talk about these things. Let them see that uh, you're not just some person they can toss around. You want to have value for the work that you put in. Do you understand? And so please put that to heart. Number two, if you're starting a business, this is still under get a steady um, 
flow of income if you're starting a business learn all that you need to know about that industry that you're diving in even if it's a new industry and really no industry is totally new many times it's a derivative of previous industries but if it's a an uncharted industry for example maybe if we're talking about virtual reality when it just started um, learn all that you need to know about this industry whether it's sales marketing uh, whether it's whatever whether it's pharmaceuticals learn all that you need to know um, you know in the health industry in the education industry in the commerce industry learn everything that you need to know about it learn everything understand the opportunities to grow um, understand the um, the DG, uh, what's it called the per, per capita you know um, on a situation of that of that uh, country understand how you know the market works in that place all right then understand and define the problem that you want to solve if you're starting a business you, you don't want to solve a problem you want to make life easy for people and you want people to be interested in your product because it helps them in some way or some way um, understand and define the problem right um, understand fully the solution and the value you are trying to provide understand exactly if I bring this to the market this is what it's going to do and understand what that solution is going to do versus competitors already playing in that industry I know that this is not a business class but I'm just sharing some wisdom with you establish a sustainable business model something that works all right and of course many times business models evolve so just start with a very good uh, viable model and grow from there create a workable and attractive business plan use that business plan to raise capital to seek investments to carry out feasibility studies to establish you know and ex the expansion phases of your business and then you carry out profitability analysis if I'm selling this product for 100 naira and it took me um, it, it, I used 95 naira to make it the profit is not so much just five naira difference that's not really good for me I want to be able to make this product at 50 naira and sell it at 100 naira and make 50% profit do you understand so uh, make sorry make 100% profit I beg your pardon so or something similar just do your profitability analysis so you know that it's a business that um, people will be willing to invest in like you mean this is the amount of profit you're getting come on I will support you that's what you want all right learn as many business terminologies as you can and concepts don't be caught unaware if an investor talks to you I want to invest and says one word you've never heard it ah profitability and analysis what's that yeah <laughs> learn all that you need to know get a business mentor this is one way to do that get a business mentor someone that you know who's advanced who's doing well in that sphere in the sector that you're doing or maybe somewhere similar and learn under them um, but bottom line is you need to know it's knowledge know everything that you need to know at every point in time understand what it means to register a business understand everything about that process that the only thing that is hindering you from the next stage is funds let it be that the only thing that is stopping you from moving from where you are to the next phase of your business is just the funds necessary for it that's how that's important take it seriously but business can actually be a, a, a way to have steady income into your account. And then number three is making financial investments, right? Um, but for this one, for financial investments, I have to say be healthily, be healthily skeptical. Um, you know, fortify your decisions to invest by the testimonials of people. Find out who else has invested in this thing and what are they saying about it. 
especially from trusted people do the math yourself do the risk analysis what does this mean and invest only the money that you are okay with all right some people invest in agriculture and real estate and that's a bit more low risk and stable than crypto or stocks do you understand that they can't they're very volatile um, so if if you do more low risk you have a better chance of having steady income you already can tell by so 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 month i'm getting this amount i'm getting that amount in my account do you understand so that's very important so number two so the first one is what have steady income number two learn to save learn to save learn to save this uh, this sound very this thing sound very simple but uh very very important for you and there's a budget rule called the 50 30 20 rule and it was popularized by um, a senator in the US, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I believe. And this is what the 50-30-20 principle means. So 50% of your income, let's use 100,000 Naira as an example. Imagine that steady income you're earning, you earn 100,000 Naira. And in today's economy, if you heard, right now, if you heard 100,000 Naira, you're like, wow, that's a lot. It's, my dear, you, I need to open your mind. <laughs> 100,000 is not enough. It's not, it's not anything. In the economy you live in right now, for those of you who are in Nigeria, and even in the world, there's a global inflation happening. It's not enough for you. The equivalent of 100,000 is what? How can I quantify it now? That's like, what, about $200, right? If that's what you're getting in your account every month, it's, well, let's just use that as an example. But if you were relieved, like, wow, that's, a lot of, that's not a lot, a lot of money. Um, but yes, at the end of the 100,000 Naira, 50%, you spend 50% on your needs. So 50, the 50 part of this budget rule is 50% on your needs. You're talking your groceries, your car payments, your transportation, your rent, of course, rent, your insurance or healthcare, utilities, like your electricity, your water, all these things that, you know, the bills, the bills, the ones that you know that make us frightened sometimes those bills for your phone for everything like the important ones this constitutes your 50 percent then your 30 percent constitutes your wants the things that ah they're not like you won't die if you don't have these things but they are good to have maybe for you it's your netflix subscription maybe for you it's dining at this at a restaurant or going to the cinema or fashion stuff maybe clothes that you really don't need you know that black dress that you really don't need you know that outfit but yeah you just like it you want to get it or your gadgets the new iphone is out you want to get that you want to go on a vacation this is all wants so 30 percent should go to your wants then 20 percent should go to your savings or maybe you're doing debt repayment here you're repaying the debts you owe, your 20% should come from that. So if, if, you, if you do your calculation right from 100,000, it means 50,000 Naira goes to your needs, all right? And you can even break that further into weeks. It means that every week you must not spend more than, I think, what was that? <coughs> 12,500 Naira every week, right? So that's your budget, 50,000 Naira. It means if you are going to restaurants and going to all these places, it must not pass three, it must not pass thirty thousand. That's for your wants, the thirty percent. And if you're going to save, save at least twenty thousand naira. At least. So it means when the month enters, you just twenty thousand 
gone. All right, for some people, especially from, for, for some believers, it's not 50, 30, 20, it's, it's uh, 40, 30, 20, 10, where 10 is their tithe, right? However you want to do it, but your needs, your, your tithe and your church commitments can come under your needs, all right? So yeah, that's about it. It's, that, it's priority. But I think that at the end of the day, what God wants is for you, as you grow in your contentment, the percentage of your savings grows from 20%. That's what God would want for you. That you become more content with, with, with the things you have. You're not having what we call longer throats. You're not covetous. You're not looking for the next best thing and spending on, unnecessarily. God wants you to be very content so that your, grow, your savings grow. They can grow up to a 30% eventually. Do you understand? So that's the idea. And I also advise that you create a separate account for your savings just so you're not tempted. Maybe something that you can lock down, something that you, know, you can only access at a certain time um, just to help your, your expenses. All right, I need to be fast. Number three, have multiple streams of income. Have multiple, this is, this is godly wisdom have multiple streams of income, all right? Learn to invest in wealth growers, things that would grow your wealth. Um, I think, let's be honest, your monthly salary is not enough. You know, it's not enough. And you need to have something that can sustain you. I remember at a point in my life, <laughs> at a point in my life, I was working about three to four jobs at the same time. Three to four jobs at the same time. I was working at a major company. I was working on the side with uh, an investments business. At the end of, the, I decided again, I was doing some things with my graphics design. Once in a while, the video editing on the side. I was doing, you know, voiceover works for people and things like that. So, you know, at, at every point in time, just make sure there's something extra to supplement what you have already. Don't rely on your salary alone. All right. The, the profit from your business is not enough. Um, but don't do it desperately don't i'm not saying just look for the next best thing or oh, crypto everybody's talking about crypto let me invest do your research understand the risk involved before you dive into learn all that you can about forex about crypto about agriculture everything that you want to do read books invest in materials courses to learn about all these things so you're wiser you're better and you invest and you invest wisely i beg your pardon all right so yeah at the end of the day just make sure that you're not doing out of desperation i have been duped I have had fraudulent investments that happened to me where my money was stolen. So I am saying this from experience. Be careful with how you spend, but you need to invest nonetheless. Don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. People have invested, they've lost. People have also gained good money from wise investments. So number three, have multiple streams of income. Number four, be generous. And this means invest in people. Invest in people other than yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. One way to actually grow your wealth, the biblical way, like I mentioned, to grow your net worth is being generous to people, is sowing seeds into the lives of people. All right. The, the Bible gives the illustration of when you lose on the earth, you're building treasures in heaven. And I'll read some scriptures to you. Matthew 6, verse 2 to 4. Read very quickly. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 2 to 4. Glory to God. Glory to God. It says this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets, to be honored by others. It means give secretly. All right? Don't do it for show. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father 
who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It means God really rewards those who give, who are generous. God rewards, he honors it, he rewards them. Let's go down to verse 19. In, in line with what has been said, verse 19 goes on to say this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Look at that. Where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and vermin do not destroy. Where thieves do not break in and steal, but where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me ask you, how do you build treasures in heaven? Is there some ladder you climb or a portal you go into and teleport? Boom. Ah, God, I brought this gold. Though. Let me drop it here. I'm coming back. This is my mansion that uh, Angel Gabriel is slow. I will bring more money. We'll build this mansion in heaven. <laughs> it, that's not how it works. The idea of building treasures is, in heaven is when you lose those treasures on earth. And by, by loss, I won't even use the word loss. I will say, I use the word invest. When you invest, because it's really not loss, right? You gain much more in losing. So you, when you invest in people, when you give, when you're generous, when you're, you're advocating the cause of the kingdom on the earth, because Jesus prioritized the poor. He said, I preach the gospel to the poor. He prioritized them. When you do the same like Jesus did, your reward is great in heaven. You're storing up treasures for yourself there. When decay and, and crypto fall cannot affect it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Like, like, like it's greatly said, one, one good turn deserves another. That's exactly what happens. And, and it, it goes the other way. When you invest in people, the truth is, when you are in a time of need, the very first people to line up to support you are the people you've helped, naturally. Naturally. I'm not saying do these things so that people can support you but that's how it works and many people have missed the opportunity to be a blessing and be blessed by great people because when they were growing you didn't believe in them you didn't support them You're like you really didn't care about them now that they are big and they've blown they have blown now your eyes opening ah bro have fun now let me invest no it doesn't work like that invest in people even when you don't expect anything in return and mean it be part of their story you know, in, according as your means can take, support people, invest in people. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about this at Crazy Love Conference. It's super important. All right. So, yeah, make sure that you do this. Give to a selfless cause. Give donations. Support, you know, people that are less privileged. Support the gospel's cause as well. Number five, invest in yourself. Invest wisely in yourself. Number five, invest wisely in yourself. Don't forget that God gives you all you have so that you can actually take care of yourself. God wants you to take care of his temple. Praise the name of Jesus. You are the temple of the Lord right now, dear believer. You are. You're the temple of God. God expects you to take care of his temple. And, and this just means, look, with the resources you have, eat healthy. At the end of the day, there was a question God asked the rich man. He said, the rich fool, if you lose your life now, all these things you've worked for, who's going to have it? You won't have it. Somebody else will come and take it. So at the end of the day, you can have all this wealth and you're not taking care of yourself. You won't live long, sadly, to enjoy the fruit of your labor. That's just how it is. So God expects you to invest even in yourself. Anything that has to do with your health. See, there's, you are, there's nothing too expensive when it comes to your health. I promise you. The worth of a life, a human life, 
cannot be quantified with money. It's you can't quantify it, and I know people have tried to. You cannot. It's priceless. It's priceless. That's why if if people realize that their child needs to go under, you know, undergo a surgery, what five million dollars? They don't care. If they have the money, they have to do the surgery. Do you understand what I'm saying? It it, it just tells you that a human life is so valuable. Your life is valuable. So when it comes to your health, spend on your health. Eat healthy food. Not everyday junk. Buy good food, fruits, vegetables, things that are healthy for your body. And the truth is, eating healthy or doing anything worthwhile it always takes money. That's just how the world works. Enroll in the gym for fitness. Or if you're not enrolling in the gym, buy gym equipment that you can use. Your treadmill, your um, dumbbells, things that you can use to work out and, and stay fit. Invest in it. Buy perfumes and deodorants. You'll save lives that way. God wants you to save lives. Perfume and deodorant. Deodorant daily. You need it daily. Not once in a while. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get skincare products. Take care of your skin. I know a lot of guys who are like, ah, skin, nah, I've never been a fan of skincare. You need it. Take care of your body. Look good. Look presentable. Especially those of you that want to enter a relationship soon. You need to look fine, though. It's not Holy Spirit that will cover your face and you just look appealing. No. Take care of yourself. Look good. Smell nice. Dress well. Invest in good clothes, good appearances. All right. And then go for medical checkups regularly. Some of you, the last time you visited the medical checkup was when you were doing um, blood tests to enter a university just to confirm your medical status. That's the last time. It's a terrible culture and I feel it's, it's something that is very pre prevalent in Nigeria and in Africa. We, we don't, no, we're good, we're strong. Black don't crack, but fine. Uh, go and do medical check. Check how your blood pressure is. Check your blood sugar. Check all these things, your cholesterol level. It's important. Value your health that much. You might, nobody, I promise you, nobody in the world loves going to hospitals. Nobody. I don't believe there is anybody that enjoys it. Yay, we're going to the hospital. Woo! Nobody does that. But people go because it's important. You need it. That's how you can check yourself. All right? Save some money for that. Look, just decide. Nobody needs to force you or tell you. You know, see, look, look at the end of every quarter. In March, at J, you know, January, February, March. In March, I'm going to the hospital. April, May, June. In June, I'm going to the hospital for regular checkup. At least four times in a year. Four, just four times in a year. It's, it's okay. You go for medical checkup. And, and it involves dental checkups. To some of you... You've never done, you never checked your teeth with a dentist. How many of you suffer from it? I myself, I'm going through something like that personally because there were times I neglected my dental health and I'm paying for it. That's just how it works. You see, prioritize yourself and invest in yourself wisely. Number six, set financial goals. Set financial goals. Set financial goals. If you're going to be if you're going to be able to build sustainable wealth, if you're going to be able to handle your finances wisely, you need to have a financial goal. What do you want? What do you want on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis? Define your budget each week. All right. Define it. Have an idea of your daily expenses. So I'll give you an example. Um, if, you're, if you have, let me say, uh, let me say, let's say your budget for a week is... And I mean five working days, maybe Monday till Friday. You have a budget of 10,000 naira. 
your financial goal is not to exceed that 10,000 naira. It means on a daily basis, you can't spend more than 2,000. So you have to find a way to match it so that even if you overspend on one day, there'll be a day you spend less so that it balances out. Do you understand? Have financial goals for how much you're going to spend, for how much you're going to save. This month, I want to save about 30,000 naira. Or oh, next month, I want to save. Have a clear financial goal for what you're doing. No, you know, be able to manage and understand you know the, ex the expenses you want to cut down you know so that you can save more all right for some of you you want to have an idea of the, ex the you know this you've invested you want to have an idea of the return on the investment that you've made so these are things that you need to do have a clear financial goal for by, by the end of the year in my account i want to have this amount of money so whether it's from one steady income in, in your salary that you get it or with your business or your investment at the end of the year i want to have at least five million naira in my account do you understand so those are practical financial goals these are things to think about things to to drive and run for in your finances number seven track your spendings number seven track your spendings one thing that would help you track your spendings um off the top of my head is receipts all right, receipts help you to keep track of your spending. And sometimes to, re to help you return that dress you don't need to get right now. And I know, yes, you, that you, you just saw, oh my God, I need to have, no, you don't need to have it, my dear. You can return it. Those shoes, you know, the new Jordan, Air Jordan sneakers that you saw, you can return it. You don't need it right now. So receipts are very helpful. I always keep my receipts. I have, it, I have a place where I keep all of them and I arrange them for groceries, for fashion, for gadgets, all of that. I arrange them that way, just so that I have an idea of what you're spending. So once in a while, just show your receipts to someone that you trust. Just show, this is what I spent <laughs> on this thing or this thing. Let them give you feedback so you know whether you're doing well or not, right? Um, but yeah, please, if you cut your shade, catch it with, with all grace, it's for you. Um, but yeah, track your spendings. If you find yourself overspending, you want to identify those places you're overspending and then try to cut costs, try to downsize your lifestyle. It's okay. You can downsize your lifestyle. So you're just not spending as much. All right. If you need to do some more home cooking instead of eating out, do that more. If you need to carpool with friends instead of always, you know, using boats and Uber and Taxify, wherever you want to go. If you need to couple with friends and join them on trips, please go ahead, cut costs, split the bill. If you need to live in a smaller apartment than the one you're, you're staying in, where you're spending 1.5 million a month for your rent, uh, 1.5 million a year, I beg your pardon, for your rent or more, go to a place that's a bit cheaper, right? If, if you, just so that you're not overspending, but track your spendings, know what is leaving, know what is coming in, all right? Um, but one very powerful way to know this is to have a financial tracker app a budget app or an expense app as you may want to call it there are actual apps on your phone that you can use to help you i think one of the top apps is mint i don't know if it's available in um in nigeria it's, it's, it's available in select company in select countries but it's a very good app mint is what it's called but the one i use i use fudget let me pronounce it so you, you know what i said and what i didn't say fudget so it's like funds and budgets right that's what it is fudget so it's very helpful um there is another app called good budget i've used it once as well it's also good there's monify right m-o-n-e-f-y there is um 
there's YNAB, you need a budget. These are just some of the apps. You can check them out on the Play Store or, app or the App Store. They would help you. They will give you an idea of how to manage your expenses. You see it live and direct what you are spending. So you know if you're in line with your financial goals, all right? Um, then I personally use things like Excel or Google Sheets because it's just easy to use for me because tra I'm traditional that way. Um, so I use a bit of both apps. I use also um, Google Sheets. And you don't have to create a template yourself or do the formulas. So, you know, there are already some preloaded templates that you can just use and use them for your budget. It's, it's all there. There's no excuse. You need to track it. You need to do this. Whether you are earning just 50000 or 20000 or you are receiving allowance still, track your expenses. Know how much you're spending on food. Know how much you're spending on, on fashion. Know how much you're spending on, you know, on your transportation. So you know where to cut down. You know where you're overspending. You know, just have a good idea. God, God wants you to, to be responsible for your finances this way. He wants you. It matters to him. Do you realize that it matters? Your spendings, your, how you use your resources actually matters to God. Think about that. Number eight, very important. I'm, I'm rounding off now. Number eight, get, this, is, this one is, I, you barely hear this, but it's something that's so important. Something that's so important. Get a financial advisor. Get a financial advisor. Now, I mean, some of you are like, financial advice or which money which money are they, advi are they advising me to spend it's fine with the little you have or with the much you have you need a financial advisor right it can be someone that you trust who is wise in their finances that can advise you right a trusted friend or a mentor that can guide you or you pay it's it, you make a conscious decision to invest a part of your money to hire a financial advisor to someone that is trusted who has a track record of helping people build wealth whoever that is whoever that is hire the person pay the person to manage your finances because when you have that your money will grow if, if that's a good financial advisor your money will grow your money will grow I'm telling you the person will be able to manage your resources manage what you have, use it optimally, find discounts for you, where you're supposed to spend some money. No, there's this discount here, there's this promo there. That's the job of a financial advisor. I, I mean, at different points in my life, I've had different financial advisors, but I think it's high time that I also hire one. Do you understand? I'm, I'm saying this as honestly as I'm opening to you because I believe it's important. I think it's very important that we do that because inevitably, if you hire a very good advisor, your wealth will grow, it will multiply, There'll be investment opportunities that you would key into that would just rapidly grow your wealth. So it's something for you to consider, something to consider. You can grow your wealth, grow your savings, reduce your spendings. That's it. Number nine, this one will save your life. Oh, are you ready? Number nine is for you. Stop trying to impress people. Stop trying to impress people. Oh, it will save you. It will save you a lot. Look, you need to get to a space where you are free. You go to a restaurant and you're with your friends. Yes, and they're balling. They're ballers. Your sponsor, hey, my sponsor, <laughs> whatever you call them. You go to a restaurant and, you know, you order for small fries, for example. And they bring the large fries. And you didn't plan for that. It's not within your budget. It might be a, a few 
hundreds of naira or maybe a thousand naira extra but you didn't plan for it and your friends are there they brought it you need to have the confidence if you say oh sorry i didn't order for the large i ordered for the small and not be insecure that ah so this guy cannot afford the large fries well, nobody is I, I promise people are not thinking that people don't care and sometimes we put ourselves in a place where we just trying to impress people trying to feel among be a part if you are trying to model your life after another person's lifestyle you enter trouble you would spend through your nose to keep up with that lifestyle but you need to first define your priorities what is it that i want what is it what is it that i want out of my life and my lifestyle and let that be the definitive point for you to then understand the kind of spendings you're going to make because you can't replicate every other person's lifestyle. People have priorities that are different from yours. And especially as a believer, your priorities are different priorities. There's some lifestyles you can't even enter to because you understand, you know, lifestyles you can adopt because you understand that primarily your, your resources are for the Lord and for his work. So for some of you that are actively in ministry, you understand that, look, you can't be having vacations every time and traveling the world every time or buying a car or buying a house or doing that because you know that there's work that needs to be done for the gospel and that's okay this this is what moves the heart of god where you are willing to sacrifice for his sake do you understand so don't don't go about impressing anybody if you don't have the money for something say it i'm sorry i can't you can this is something that a lot of people have not learned you might have money let's say there is a new iPhone that came out and the iPhone is worth 500,000 Naira, for example. And in your account, you have 700,000 Naira. In literal terms, can you afford it? Yes, you have more money than the phone is worth. A 200,000 difference. But the question is, can you actually afford the phone? Your, uh, your ability to afford a thing is determined by your budget, by your financial goals, by what you've budgeted for that month for that space if you didn't have a budget for the phone then you cannot afford it i know there are times where you have emergency expenses where you know your phone just died or you know it gave up on you but not an iphone <laughs> please if that was not part of your plan go for something cheaper something less and it's fine yes you can use an android phone nobody cares nobody cares you can use nokia touch lights phone nobody cares as long as it's fine for you and it's within your budget, go for it, man. Go for it, woman. Go for it. <laughs> Do you understand? Don't try to impress anyone. Live within your means. Live within your means. And it's okay. Be content with what you have. See people appreciate the glamour, the luxury of their lives. It's okay. Don't be God winning and then you are spending through your nose and you don't have money. You just want, now that you've impressed people, what happens? Where are you now? You're in debt. You don't have anything to cater for yourself, but they're living their lives. Don't do that to yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. Naturally, the truth is, naturally, as you grow in your finances, your lifestyle will grow. There are some things that I know from back in university days I couldn't do. Because I remember, and, and let me just be honest with you, these things pay off when you actually support people. I remember that out of my allowance every month, I'll take about 75% for generosity the remaining 25 was for me I'll, I'll give people that i knew couldn't afford school fees uh, at least some money to just cater for their feeling even though i couldn't take care of their school fees you understand 
and that paid off i knew that something like there was some there was a lifestyle i couldn't afford to be buying chips and chicken every night like some other people because there were people i was catering for the people i cared about and i wanted to support so that was wired into my head but now there are things i can do that i couldn't even imagine i would be doing back then because as your finances grow as you get wiser more responsible in your finances your lifestyle grows with it do you understand no matter where you are, live within your means. Don't try to impress anybody. All you need to do is impress God with your finances, that you're wise in your spendings, that you're investing in the right things. Even invest in yourself. God is pleased when you invest in yourself, in your health, in your well-being. All right, Not just lavish living or luxurious living, but essential living. The things that you need, the things that matter. Take care of God's temple. All right, I hope with these things that you've learned, you would apply your heart, like every single thing you would apply in your life and start to see some changes to your wealth. Even if it's just tracking your expenses and starting to save, you, you just do your appraisal, just examine yourself. Have you really been saving consistently? Well, do you understand how much savings you have currently? Do you have a platform or a bank account where you save? All right. Do you do you have another stream of income if your salary doesn't if your salary doesn't come in, will you be okay? Do you understand? And some of you have experienced where you you've not had even salary coming. It's not even a steady flow of income for you. So you have to ask these questions. There's work that needs to be done. There's research that needs to be done. There's help that needs to be sought. But God wants you to be wise about your finances. God wants you to grow in your finances for your sake, for His sake, and for the sake of the gospel. Can we pray right now? I want you to just pray right now that God will give you the wisdom to know the places you need to invest, the, the plugs that you need to pull out, the things you need to step back from, the things you need to be more intentional about. God will give you the wisdom as it concerns your finances. Can you just pray right now? God, grant me the wisdom to know what to do. The places that I've made mistakes and I'm, I'm in, in error, help me to retrace my steps in humility. Help me to do better. Help me to manage my expenses. Help me not to overspend on unnecessary things. Help me to manage my money, my resources, my assets the way you would want me to. Help me to prioritize the things that you prioritize. I understand that you are my source and everything is just a vehicle and a channel through which you bless me. And so, Lord, I will honor you with my resources. I will honor you with my finances. When I'm held accountable, when I'm brought to you to give a defense for how I've lived my life and spent my resources, you will say, well done, servant. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. You've done well. You were hardworking. You invested in the right things because these things matter to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I can grow in generosity. I can grow in, in my ability to run businesses. I can grow in my investment ability. I can grow in all these ways. I can do more and be more impactful with my resources. I can touch lives with my resources. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, I'm wiser today than I was yesterday. I'm wiser today than I was last year. I'm getting better. I will see results in my finances. I will see your favor and your hand in my assets and the things that I have. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lord, thank you for the word that has come through to your people. Thank you for the, the mistakes of the past, which we are not going to make again by your grace. Thank you, Lord, because we know better now. 
we see better now we see the importance of being good stewards good financial stewards of our resources because it pleases you oh lord we, we submit to your leadership on this one we don't know it all we don't want to pretend like we have everything figured out Lord, help us to grow in our finances. Help us to grow in our stewardship. Help us to not to be to be more loosely attached to the things we own, so we can easily give it out and invest and build treasures in heaven. In the name of Jesus, Lord, when you come back, let there be nothing holding us back. Let there be nothing on the earth tying us down. Lord, we live light. We live without the burden of of earthly treasures. In the name of Jesus, we know it's important, but we are not covetous. We know wealth is important, but we are not we are not we are not greedy about it. We love you, we don't love money. We have money, we'll use it, but we don't love money. We're not consumed by it. Not anymore, at least in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. All to your glory. We are wiser, we are better. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you know that you've just grown wiser just by listening today, you know that God has corrected something that has been deficient in your life. Can you just shout aloud? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.